Yeah, and we, we are recording. We are recording. So yeah, the um, we are doing this together, me and Frank Galley with um, Everyday Sniper Podcast, as well as the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast. We're both here. Frank, thanks for joining me and taking the time to, to sit down and visit today. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a good idea. It was like, perfect. Why not, um, you know, record both our podcasts at the same time and we don't have to change anything and just you put it to your audience, I put it to mine and call it good. Yeah. Hey, do you edit your podcast at all? No, I did early on. Like I did one with Diane where she repeated herself a little bit and it just didn't mm-hmm. sound good. I, I have really good editing software. Now, what I mm-hmm. do do is I record it in mono and then I do yep. some computer whiz to it when I make it stereo. So I clean it up then. But really, yep. it's two button clicks and a save for me to do it. Yeah, I don't. I've never edited one. I just don't. I, just, I haven't done it. I mean, it's just whatever the conversation, wherever it goes, that's where it goes. You know. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't edit for content. I just clean up the signal because, like this, yeah. we're on a telephone for people. You know, right. so we right. have our phones coming through. So I, I may clean up. Or the only thing I've ever done for anybody beyond the Diane one was um, if people do too long a gap between talking, I'll shorten the yeah. gap up. Yeah, yeah. I have it. I send it. To, I send whenever I get it done, I send it to this uh, other website and they do all that cleanup for me because I'm not as computer savvy as you are. Oh, nice, nice. No, that's good. Yeah, it works out. Worked out pretty good. I mean, I think the sound quality comes out all right. So anyway. Excellent. Anyway, I haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, too much. We've spoken, you know, on the phone about uh, leading up to the brawl. And, you know, I, I got me on the podcast with you before that. And then uh, and then um, we, we had uh, after the brawl, you know, everything was a great success. David Weiss ended up winning it. Um, I think he, he, he said he's been coming down here 19 or 20 years. And uh, he got that. And just one of the one of the prizes that we had is the local Polaris dealership. They donated a zero turn mower. Nice. And uh, <laughs> Frank, it was awesome because um, I call it, you know, we did, you know, the, the oldest shooter. And then the sh- there were some uh, sponsors that wanted some uh, cash prize to go to second to last place. You know how they're trying to spread out the prizes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so that was really good. And so uh, David came up and, and uh, we, you know, we had some you know extra prizes on the table. Hey, man, congratulations. First place. Everything else took his hand. I said, what do you want? He says, I want the mower. I said, All right, man, no problem. <laughs> I said, but you know where the barn is, we have the, the prize table is in the U-shape as, as usual. And then I had that mower parked right in the middle. And I said, man, that's fine. I said, but you're going to get on this thing and you're going to get it out of my way, RTFN. He <laughs> says, done. So he got on it. He started it. He turned it to where he could go out the barn door and like the crowd just like parted for him to drive away. It was the most epic walk away from a prize table. Nice. We're getting, you're getting closer to the pickup truck. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really really yeah. good. But now that you know, you and I have spoken about it a little bit. But you know, the the leading up to it, you know, we 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 did the very first PRS finale here at Rifles Only. You know, back in back in you know twenty or ten years ago, and um, you know, we did we did PRS matches for a while, and then you know we did some NRL matches for a while. But this time this time we decided to go unaffiliated. You know, this is a, mm-hmm. I guess they call them an outlaw match. Nomad, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So um, Lisa drafted a letter, you know, to the sponsors and Frank, the, she put it in the letter. This is a non-affiliated match. It's not for points. It's not for anything like that. And, and I tell you what, the sponsors stepped up like unbelievably. I was sitting here looking at the sponsors that over, over 40 companies donated and the stuff that they donated was really, really good, top quality gear. I mean, and it was you know, it was all your usual suspects. I mean, I could go through the list or you can just, maybe I'll just put this up on the website. I think it already is, but I mean, and the, the way that they did it, like mile high, mile high normally gives a gun away. And so they give away and it's just, it's just a naked gun, you know, Hey, perfect. You know, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for them all the years that, you know, that they've done this. But then whenever we, we were unaffiliated, it's like they, they hit the afterburner, man. They gave yeah. away two accuracy international ATXs with sperm mounts and the news I scope. So and if you, th- I mean, these- yeah, you think about it, they went from, if you're affiliated, here's a naked rifle to you're unaffiliated. Here's two kitted out guns. Yeah. I mean, and it, the guns didn't need anything. They don't need anything. They're ready to go. You know, they're ready to go right now. And I'm talking everything, weight kit, all of it. Yeah. I mean, it was just fantastic. In addition to that, they put another uh, 10 sperm outs on the table as well, you know, just in certificate wise. And uh, the, the other night, again, the, you know, the mower, that's a $6,800 mower, you know, just from a local company. Um, you know, and then the other sponsors that came through, I mean, everybody, Leupold, Ma, uh, you know, uh, 
Manners Composite Stocks, GA Precision, Thunderbeast, you know, Armageddon Gear, and I'm just mentioning a few, you know, and it's just, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Well, and if, uh, I, I, go ahead. It's, it's, it's return on investment. Yeah. Cause you're, you're a known co- uh, commodity, right? You, Rifles Only's known. It's not like it's a mystery. And they right. know you're going to put on a good event and all that, but they've been getting ripped off for like the last six years, like seriously, where they step up, they see this thing. And then when the time for the prize, time for the promotion, time for, you know, the moment of truth with your product. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's an afterthought. That guy won it. We knew he was going to win it. We wanted him to have it. And he's going to show you a picture of the box. And then he's going to walk away and sell it. Yeah. That's yeah, all they so get. They've been doing, yeah, they've been doing that for a long time, Frank. You know, I know, I mean, they was, have. Yeah. But it, the thing is, though, now you're getting a new crew of marketing people. So the, the mm-hmm. cycle is moving. And these new yeah. people want numbers. And right. honestly, I've said this forever. They're the loudest voice with the smallest kind of representation in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a yeah. gazillion match shooters now. We've created a huge amount of match shooters, which is great. We, we, we've grew the sport. But it's now fragmented where everybody's off into their corners and so while, yes, it was promote, grow the sport, they don't do that now. There's nothing that comes out of that sort of PRS wheelhouse that mm-hmm. does anything to make this sport exciting. It's Yeah, the- you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing there. You know what I mean? It really is interesting because, I've, I've, I mean, over, over just this spring, you know, I, I've had, you know, people come in. I had this couple come in and um, they, they didn't, they, they called about before and they didn't know if they were going to like it or anything else. And say, okay, they show up, they rent rifles, they, uh, you know, buy ammunition and then they go and they take a weekend class with me. Okay. Just to see if they, you know, liked it. Okay. Well, talking, of course, there's lots of conversations that are going on there. You know I'm saying? Hey, you know, the, the thing about it is one of the, one of the uh, training methodology is a competition. I said, so, you know, this is one of these things that you should probably, you know, look into on that. She goes, well, yeah, yeah, I want to, her and her husband both, you know, we want to, and we just, you know, we wanted to see if we really liked it, you know, so they were here, you know, on the weekend. And of course, at the end of that, you know, it was just a PR one, you know, basic fundamentals, no movers, stuff like that. Um, so what I did was, is I went out and I actually did an event with the class, you know, and there were several people in the class, you know, I did, I did an event with the class and the event was the culverts. And so, of course, the first time they run through it, you know, they, they barely get off the first culvert, you know, because they're, you know, it's just, they don't know what they're doing. And then right. we took the time, you know, and I said, this is a pretty standard event that you would see. It's three different shooting positions, you know, and two different targets, you know, so you're going to either hold over or dial because they're two different ranges. And it was, I said, this is pretty standard. And I said, but this is how you attack this. And it was, you know, it's basically just, you know, hunting stuff or, you know, just anything else, you know, focus on the target. Like you say, find it with the scope, kill, um, find it with your eye killer with the scope. Basically, you know, quoted you on that. And I think Lisa was wearing your t-shirt that day. I think it was kind of cool. nice. I love <laughs> she wears my but, shirt. <laughs> but at any rate, you know, it was, and then, you know, they go through on a, on a 90 second part time and then, you know, they, they have a couple of run throughs on it and, you know, they make the 90 seconds. They're getting like, you know, eight or nine out of 10 hits. That's shooting, you know, right shoulder, left shoulder, you know, and all this other stuff. But, you know, I, I kind of made it fun for them. All right. Well, okay. So it's Sunday. All right. They leave and they call mile high on Tuesday and order in a new ATX. You know what I mean? Like it was the, it was the right way to do it. Yeah. Come in and see if they were going to like it. And then, you know, you know, make them feel comfortable, show them that, you know, you can improve really, really rapidly, but you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, it's like um, the, the thing that I struggle with, is like spectators because these competitions, you know, the only time it's fun is when you're actually competing. You know what I mean? If you're spectating, you, it's like watching the paint dry on mm-hmm. the wall. You know what I mean? And so something needs to be done about that. But, you know, we always try to do, and, and just on that class, I'm just telling you the example that's, you know, just happened here recently. It's been going on for years. You know, we'll always, you know, give them a little bit of an example, say, hey, man, this might be something you're going to do. All right. So now, you know, they go out, they go and they get the new ATX. Of course, they get a scope. They're buying ammo. So now the sponsors are getting something back. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're getting, they, they came to rifles only. They had a really good experience. 
They know where these, this equipment comes from and they, they go and they did it. You know, scope came from somewhere else. Um, you know, it, it, you know, just the whole bit, you know, you, you've got, you know, bags and, you know, you've got all the other ancillary gear. And so now they're actually, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that. I mean, I don't think it, I think it might've been a non-affiliated thing. And I know that that had a lot to do with it, but also the fact that, you know, these, these guys that sponsor out here, you know, we promote their shit. You know what I mean? We, yeah. We yeah. Use their stuff, you know, and, and, and your we, students you know, are then buying it and picking it up. And, and so it, yeah. it's, it resonates now. I, it, yeah. interesting thing you, it's Chris and I just brought this up this week away. Mm -hmm. So we always match is a great, way to test your training right so you go to a right. match it's somebody else's rules and then you can look at how you stack up against the field but right. it's really right. not it's really not right because it's open you got guys who are dedicated and sponsored you got the guys mm -hmm. who are mid-pack but religious with it you know right. they're not moving forward and back but they show up all the time and then you have the the new shooters who just showed up because they've read about it, saw it, videos, and they want to try it and have no clue. Well, mm -hmm. what they're looking to do is validate their training. And no longer does these matches represent an accurate validation of what you've done or where you want to go. And so Chris and I are looking at all these people out there who might have jumped into a match who might have been a first time, one time, last time, I'm not coming mm -hmm. back. Or right. look at the drama, look at the, the, the infighting, and look at the things and say, no, I'm not showing up, but I still want to test myself and compare myself. So what right. we're looking at is almost creating a system of standards so that people that don't want to go to a match can then look at themselves and decide where they fall because they've gone so far away from the purpose of a match mm -hmm. to test your skills against the other person. And really, it should be apples to apples in a fair way. And they've done nothing to modify this to adjust for either changes or to address the goals. All they're doing is raking in money. And mm -hmm. like, you know, $50,000 for the Daniel Defense Rifle of the PRS. Honestly, Jacob, you, you're an instructor. You get a good number of people. How many Daniel Defenses did, did you see when it was that rifle for them? And now they're just showing up this year. You're starting to see Daniel Defense. Last year and the year before, you saw none. Right. I mean, how many did you see? Maybe two? Uh, at the match? or No, at your training. At, at trainings, at training train-ups. When you have students that come in. Yeah, no, I didn't have one. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and that's why that return on investment, because you know what? If Daniel Defense gave you something, they went to Jacob Bynum and Rifles Only. They're going to talk to Lisa. They're not going to talk to you. But if they say, Lisa, we want this to resonate. This is a new product for us. This is something we want to see. We need this to, to, to get in people's hands. You're going to find the guy who's dedicated with the 700P, who's the 68th place is as high. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to work with that guy. And you're going to make sure when he gets the Daniel defense... I bet you you would probably tell them to show up for a day and say, let's yeah. shoot it a little bit. They'll never do yeah. that. They don't yeah. return to this community their investment. They take, they build for themselves, and then they ignore and put down the other people. They actually play like Democrats and try to shut down the conversation. Any negative that comes up, something comes up at a match, they don't like it. It's a negative. Yeah. Shut it off. <laughs> Instead of saying, well, you just spent $50,000. You just got $50,000 from Daniel Defense. Why not mm -hmm. get $50,000 for Daniel Defense to create an RO cadre? 
So now you have three PRS matches. You're going to send three people who are sort of the RO gurus. Right. And you're going to go to these events, and they're in charge of the range officers. They're the ones that are, I mean, even NASCAR is going through that right now. They have their uh, uh, fines in their uh their, you know, their, uh, you know, whatever the fines, but then they have an appeals yeah. company that's separate. So what happened is yeah. they find two teams with the same problem last week. Then they went to appeal, and in the appeal, one team won, and the other team just got a little bit of less. And everybody's like, "What the fuck? Why did the one team win and the other team not? And what's going on? Because they don't have a cohesive system." For law enforcement, mm-hmm. matches don't have a good law enforcement system across the series because once a drama comes up in the PRS, that's an individual match. Right. That's his match. That's not my match. Right. That's his match. He did it. Right. We didn't right. do it, but we're the PRS and you got to bow to us. You're going to pay yeah. me. You're going to do these things the way I say, but when you fuck up, it's on you. And nothing gets fixed. So that's why, Ah. dude, that's why companies, it takes them a couple years because you know what they're doing now? These exact same companies that stepped up for you and gave you a giant prize table, they're calling me up. And they're putting banners and sponsorship packages together with me because they didn't get anything before. You know what I mean? So I see this from both sides. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it leads back to some other conversations that you and I have had, you know, the, you know, in the past, um, one of the things, you know, like the, the, the PRS, you know, specifically, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, I, it was during one of the owners, I had a, a conversation about, you know, the, the safety, you know, flagging somebody with a muzzle. And um, as, as you, you've spent a lot of years with me, you know how I feel about safety. You yeah, know, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of one of those things that, you know, I, I had this realization that, you know, the less you have a muzzle pointed at you, the less you get shot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so we, it's always been here at Rifles Only. You know, if you, if you flag someone with a muzzle, you're out of the match. And it's, uh, and so it was presented to, you know, someone in the PRS and do that. And, you know, this probably should be that. Oh, no, well, how about, you know, a warning and a stage DQ? And then I thought, well, you know, the thing about it is, is, we're not, we're not, you know, playing a third grade game here. You know, everyone here is an adult. And I think that it's incumbent upon, you know, the organization to make sure that safety stays, you know, in the forefront, because, you know, like, let's say, you know, you got this, you got this guy, you know, he's uh, 45 years old. All right. And he's got um, a 16 year old son, daughter, whatever. And they want to get into this. And so they go and they, you know, they go to a, a match and you know they're just to, just to look at it because you think about it, he wants to get his son or daughter in there i mean what what is the initial investment you know you can go on the low side you know and get in for you know five grand or so you can go on the high side and you know get in for 19 grand you know how we you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah but it's it, it's not it's not chicken feed and then they go to this match and you know they see these muzzles being you know flagged you know people being flagged with the muzzle and you know not designated areas to have the, the rifles you know to where you're not you know trying to walk through and not trip on somebody's rifle you know, and then they'd probably look at that and say, you know, I, I have one child. You know what I mean? I think I'm going to push them towards a different sport. Yeah. And so all the all that money, all that buy-in money, and then, you know, the money for, you know, people to, to get into it, well, they lost that. They, they lost that customer on a spectator. You know, a spectator came in to see if they could try it out. And it, 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 it could tell that probably – probably the safety and where those muzzles are, you know, or it wasn't really necessarily a priority. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so – I kind of feel like that that was that was one of the things that the leagues need to do. Now NRL did it. NRL did that. I mean they Well, you, it, you and it's not a priority. Here. Safety's not a priority. Well, Frank, you know the thing about it is is, you know, I I've, I've been on this range a long long time and a lot of ranges around the world and definitely around the United States. And I tell you what, man, I, that's just one thing. And you know because you've been with me here and you've been with me at other places too. That's just one thing I don't put up with, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean because I know I know I'm not going to get shot. Uh, another competitor or a student or any infrastructure is not going to get shot if you have good muscle discipline. And I feel like that that's one of the one of the things that's really lacking because it's just uh, well, it's not it. I told I, mean? I just had a, a, a PM a Facebook last week. So a guy mm-hmm. I, it 
reading between the lines and I didn't go back and look him up or anything. He just texted me blind. Um, I think he came out of army and I don't mean big army. I think he came out of the more specialized side of the army and he jumped into PRS events and he wrote me and he was really down on the safety and the muzzle flagging. He's like, man, I went to an event. I was flagged like a motherfucker, this, that. And he goes, and somebody told me you want to talk to Frank Galley, which I don't know why they didn't send him to you, but they said, you want to talk to Frank uh, about safety and ask him about, you know, things that have happened. And he, and, and he mentioned an event. And so he wrote me and he goes, tell me about the ND event or something. And I go, which one? And he was like, what? And he goes, what do you mean, which one? And I go, well, there was a period of time that the PRS was NDing so much because they jumped into the light triggers immediately that they basically said if you hit the berm with the ND, it was okay. But if you went over the berm, that was a safety violation. I said, but then there was also the the handgun incident where the guy grazed his leg at K&M because they did a draw and he had a SERPA. So there was the shot in the leg, which killed handgun for PRS. So mm-hmm. this this guy was like, oh, my God. You know, they're telling me this is the gold standard, and you just gave me 10 events that are anything but, and none of this is talked about or impressed on people at the match level as far as safety. He goes, I just went to it, and, like, none of this has ever happened. And I go, oh, no, it's mm-hmm. happened. Oh, yeah. We Can yeah. I tell you something, though? I'm a knock on wood, motherfucker. How many years did you and I run all that shit? We never had a fucking thing like that. No. Nope. No. Nope. And, and, and we had one almost, but that was the guy's fault in his bag, the fucking DOE dude. But that had nothing to yeah. do with you or I. That was him. And he had a signed procedure that he failed to follow, and it caused the fuck up, but it was a fuck up away from other people. The the, the mm-hmm. that, that was the only incident I can think of that wasn't a straight up a guy on a prop or something indeed and then got DQ'd off the range. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's rifle went up in his back and failed to uh, empty it out and it was a night evolution. Yeah, it was that. And he, I still got the boots with the shrapnel. Yeah, he dumped the hammer at night because uh, he's yeah. supposed to drop the hammer but he had already put it in his bag and he never pulled the round out. Uh, yeah. But he was in his bag and he, and he dropped the hammer or stuck his hand in. But yeah, but that was the only incident I can think of in ten years or whatever down there, and it it was it was a a, a government guy who signed a fucking contract that said I'm going to do it this way, and then right. he he got fired. Uh, no, that never works like that. Oh no, that's right, because he was a union guy, so they don't fire. <laughs> yeah. They're like a union yeah. or some shit. Um, yeah. So it, it, at any rate, yeah, and you're right. But you know the thing about it is, is we have had. You know, we have had those those ones, you know, that a special rule was made up here, like at Rifles Only, talk about it, you know, in every class and, and certainly every competition. We got a little club match tomorrow, too, man. We should fly down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. But at any rate, um, you know, I, I tell them, okay, you know, the, the thing about it is, is whenever you're, you know, whenever you go up to a prop, and I don't care what the prop is, you know, the prop could be the dirt, it could be a deck be a tank trap it could be a barricade it could be a culvert it could be a deck on the tower it doesn't matter but once the rifle goes on the prop that's when the magazine can go in and then once you find the target that you're going to shoot through your optic then you can close the bolt and you know we've been running like this way forever and so that kind of precludes a lot of things you know bad things from happening um but it's just you know how many well you have a hundred people you've never met yeah yeah but the thing about it is too frank it's like you know, I'm over here and I'm watching, you know, because we're, this isn't a classroom environment, or class environment, you know, so I'm out there. And so somebody, you know, they, they fire, you know, they fire a shot and then they run the bolt. And then, you know, we say, okay, your time's up because we're, you know, trying to get them faster and stuff like that. Well, drop the magazine, but don't touch the bolt. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, they're still around in there. Oh no, it's empty. Okay. Open your bolt. Yeah. One comes out. Comes out. You know right. I mean? Yeah. And so the, the thing about it is, is like, you, I, I think that 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 gets gone by the wayside. You know, we're doing a competition here now. Fortunately, fortunately, at rifles only, I, I'm, we're still blessed. But our range officer crew is, you know, top notch. I mean, they are, you know, a lot of really experienced guys. They know what they're doing and they know what to watch out for and stuff like that. But you know, we always have that meeting, and I've been dealing with the same range officers down here for years and years and years, and we still have that meeting. Hey. 
this is the way that we need to watch for the safety. They already know it. You know what I mean? They already know it. I ain't, I ain't got to say shit to these guys. They already, they're like me, but we still talk about it. You know what I mean? We still talk about it anyway, because, you know, it's kind of, you know, you've seen me do it in the class, you know, with everybody signs their safety waiver and I'll pick out one particular student and I'll say, tell me what number three is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you've seen me do that. And I'm, I'm sure you do it too. And, but the thing about it is, is we kind of, we kind of look at this thing. Okay. Well, at the last match, nobody got shot. So if the past is indication of the future, uh, no one's going to get shot at the next match. And that's, that's like, what's that saying? You know, hope is not a very good plan. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? And so I just think that yeah, hope's not I a strategy or something. Yeah. Yeah, something. And it makes a lot of sense, too, because, you know, no one wakes up in the morning and expects to crash their car on the way to work. That's not something that they planned. You know what I mean? They didn't crash yesterday, but they're going to crash tomorrow and they're not even going to plan on it. It's just something that's going to happen. And I I think that what people don't realize now is what we have coming into the PRS is a lot of new blood, not just the PRS. I mean, not just the PRS people. We had new blood. Well, it's a shooting in general because there is. Yeah, just shooting in general. There is media. I mean, there's there may not be a marketing plan. But there's individual mm-hmm. media. They they rely on the competitor to put out their videos. Yeah, so there is media. They yeah, they, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. There is media. There's just not a marketing plan. Right. right. But uh, one thing, well, too, and because uh, this comes up, I, I have to answer this question once every freaking other month. Whenever it comes up, you know, rifles only match. And they go, oh, Jacob, pulling his mag out, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. It's like. You don't understand the evolution of that. And I have to explain it all the time. So for the 99th time, when the M5 Badger came out, several months later at the same time, we created a 300-yard live fire obstacle course. Right? And what we found out was we were saying to people, you're on an obstacle course. Take your mag out. So we noticed that people couldn't find the magwell on their new precision rifle magwell system. It was right. new. So it became a training tool to find yep. them. Because how many reloads do you do in handgun and carbine? All the time. Every All minute, time. right? Yep. When you go to a yep. precision rifle thing, you're doing everything you can to not change the mag. Why? Right. I know. We, I, I, I get it. Man. Right, right. Get it. 12 and rounder, 15 rounder, 25 rounder. They're trying to put the biggest mag they can in so they don't have yep. to change the mag. You're going to mm-hmm. have to change your mag, so practice it. And they wonder <laughs> why. Well, on the top of that, they wonder why they miss the mag wells. And then they bank, like, especially, and this is you guys who are running the AW mag in your foundation chassis. Our foundation stock style thing where that AW mag is not meant for that style of mag well. Well, when you miss mm-hmm. and you hit the fucking bottom metal and you're trying to find it, you're moving your feed lips and then you wonder why they miss feed down the road. Yeah. You know what I yep. mean? So they do all these crazy things and then they then they'll call AI up or they'll call Mile High up and then they'll complain this mag doesn't work. Well, you missed the magwell 15 fucking times at full speed under clock. And right. now you wonder why I mean hell, MDT or M, not MDT, um MPA, don't they make a feed lip tool? Mhm. Right? Why? Because yeah. you're banging your fucking feed lips and your mags around because you don't practice putting them in your gun. Yeah, exactly. It's and you know, the thing about it is you take that same person who's, you know, been shooting for a long time. And so they have experience with handgun carbine and you take them out there with a handgun carbine and they're, they're loading those things lightning fast. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're never missing or anything else. Why? Because they practice. Well, how come you're not doing that with your precision rifle? Right. Why aren't you doing that? And we are a training facility. You know what I mean? And so every time we have a, a match, there, there is going to be an element of training and that's you have to understand that what we're doing, trying to do is find your weak point so you'll know what you need to go practice you know it, what i mean exactly i mean it's not that big of a deal Mm-mm. to to Mm-mm. to do these things anyway I, well i mean your comps run fucking perfect it, it's one of these things in those people but what i wanted i think now we should just get into your question <laughs> fuck them guys because you know what i mean they're not gonna change they don't care they're they're i mean it, here's what it is i had somebody call me there was a, a prs shooter from the southeast 
Call me this mm-hmm. week because of a, a thing on Sniper's Hide. They they wanted questions answered, so I talked to them. They called me. And mm-hmm. it's like all they look at it now, it's, it's a bowling league for them. They're just mm-hmm. showing up. They're drinking their beers. And it, it really turned into a bowling league and not the premier precision rifle league in the country because they're not mm-hmm. doing anything to improve this. They're only collecting... Yeah, well- I got you. I got you. Yeah. But, uh, two two things on that, and I, it was something I was alluding to earlier, um, and that has to do with safety. I wanted to bring this back, and I'm coming right back to your point. Um, the thing about it is, is, these new guys that are coming in, and, and girls, you know, they they have never, a lot of them have never known what a rifle was designed for to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean, and so they they think they're using a tennis racket. To your point about you know what's going on, like what you were just talking about, where I at, where I am extremely excited in this industry. Is the Hunter series? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like okay, this this is what these things were designed for. The, this is what. Yep. What we got going out out west here is nothing mm-hmm. like the southeast. In in yeah, out west, I, I mean, that's why George's uh, Hornaday match has two hundred people and filled up in a minute. Yep. Because yep, no, everybody wants to get away from that southeast. They're tired of that contrived bullshit. They're tired of the yep. repetition. I mean. It's game changer on a piece of wood, game changer on a piece of steel, game changer mm-hmm. on a car, game changer on a tractor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it's it's that's yep. the answer. Yep, yep. And I, I that and the, the popularity of this this hunter series that's going on. I mean, I I do nothing but tip my hat to that. You know what I mean? That's Wait, just right when that, a practical when a practical rifle series comes down to your weight and your reloads. We've lost touch. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. You know what I mean? If reloads are the name of the game, it's not a practical rifle series. I it's agree. it's I agree. it's alternate position bench rest now. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. And the thing about it is, is I, know, I know that you know you're you do some load development and stuff like that, but I stopped reloading a long time ago. You know, I got the Billington 50. Yeah, I mean, I just did it again because of the Valkyrie. Um, cause yeah, I'm getting yeah, so know. much out of it, uh, at 3000 feet per second, the Valkyrie rocks. And he will actually put it this way, a Valkyrie for everybody out there on, on Jacob's podcast, who may not have listened to me talk with that. The we Val- talked about it last time you were on this one. Yeah. Yeah. 2750 is where they brought the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie yeah. wants to be 2950 or higher. If you get the yeah. Valkyrie in that 2900 beauty, it's money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, Anyway, I'm I'm reloading just out of a necessity to get what I want. Yeah, that's your that's your toy, man. Yeah, well, it's dude, it's fun. It's small. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah. It zaps everything yeah. out there and and has no recoil. Honestly, if you balance a rifle for me, that's fine. But I still work better because of my size with a little lighter rifle. Um, yeah. just what I tend where if, if I played it both ways. And I found yep. the too heavy, and it's easy to go too heavy for me. If yep. I go one pound over too heavy, the momentum of moving that rifle will take me out of task just as easily yeah, as, yeah. But anyway, yeah. ask. Oh, uh, I'm with you on that. That's why I'm so excited about that Sig Cross that came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Cross. That's, yeah, exactly. Like those, like the, yep. the, the, the Q or the Cross or that, those yep. kind of rifles are actually really good for me. Yeah, um, I'm with you. You know, uh, Daniel Horner had one when he, he came up to Colorado to do the field craft course. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he came out to that one or not. I did. did I, you, I was there when Daniel yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah and he, he was shooting that cross. And yeah. it was kind of like, man, are we gonna are we gonna fight for this rifle on the side of the mountain or are we gonna go down the mountain to fight for it? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, this is this is it, man. That one at six five three. And they're know, cheap too, dude. Those. They're like fifteen hundred yeah. bucks. Yep, I know. And it's, it's um, a really good way to get in. But, you know, the thing about it is, why do we have these guns? You know what I mean? We have them because we wanted to use them in the field. And I, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm just not going to put my one next to those on my gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Sure. So um, you should jump into your question. Yeah, man. This is a good one. Right? You and I spoke about it before, and we're both on the, on the exact same page on this. But this question came in, and it says, if you could have only one rifle, what would it be? Hunting, competition. Shit hits the fan, varmiting, etc. And he says, I'm interested in what caliber, what components, including optics and accessories. And you and I kind of said uh, AR-10 style. Yeah. <laughs> semi-auto, semi-auto 308 uh, for a lot of reasons. You want to list a few of them? 
I, I mean, just uh, one close to chunks, repeat follow-ups fast. I, I mean, I want the three. I would go back to the 308 for the in-closer stuff just because I want to thump you hard. Um, yep. But then I still have that range and ability to go out. I, I want the semi-auto because of big numbers and dancing, you know, if it's the one yep. gun, shit hits the fan. Now, yeah, that's what shit hit the fan brand, right I don't really know off the top. I mean, the the question becomes brand at that point, I think. Because, yeah. I mean, semi-autos are the not all guns are created equal fucking poster child. Yeah, I agree. So I you agree. so you can't just say, you know, I'm going to take that off the Walmart shelf and do it or Academy shelf. You you got to mm-hmm. think about the 308 semi-auto you're picking. Yeah. And you know there's some really good ones out there. That, A the lot of really good we, ones. Yeah, we have, you know, the the Mark 11, you know, the standard SR25 with you know suppressed, you know, went to the 110 SAS, this is all military stuff and then Mark 20s, we started seeing those things come through here. And so I called FN because I felt like that the Mark 20 was the the perfect gun. I mean, as far as a semi-auto, it's not not hyper hyper accurate, but it's not it's no slouch either. And uh, we ran those things like all week. And on one of them, I said, "Don't clean that one. I want to see what happens to it." You know, he ran it all week, no jams, no nothing. It ran like a freaking top the whole time. I called FN. This is years ago. I called FN and I said, "Hey man, I need one of these. I need one of these Mark 20s down here." And he says, "Jacob, he says." Uh, Actually, whenever you see snake Satan outside pushing a snowblower, that's when you can get one. Well, now I think you can buy them. You can, you can. This has has changed since then, but this is when they first came out. Mm -hmm. And so he said, he says, man, he says, I'll I'll send, I'll send a couple of two forties down there with technicians and as much ammo as you want to shoot. And you, you, they can stay there with you and you can just get off. He says, but you're just not going to get a Mark 20. We're building them as fast as we can. And they're all sold already. Hmm. And there was a reason for that, you know, because it was a, a battle rifle that was capable of precision. You know what I mean? And yeah. now they're available. Now they're available. You can even get them in, you know, in the, in the whiz bang caliber suit. And I like that one, but then I also like the Colt, the the large frame Colt. I think it's a nine Oh one. It's an older one. They never really pushed it. That I much. have the switch uh, barrel one from Colt. I got it from mile high. Yeah. I think it is like a nine Oh one. I do have that. Yeah. And so do I. And it, you could run, you could run a five, five, six upper or a seven, six, two upper. And you know, so that gun, I had it. I, and the reason I got it is because I had a, a class here. We were doing carbines, and um, the I was going through the different kinds of malfunctions in there. And then the one malfunction where the case gets up into the airway above the bolt, you know, that's a that's a two-handed fix. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so these guys all had brand new M4s, and so I go to re- recreate that malfunction, and I couldn't. I could. I would sit there literally physically trying to push this malfunction and create it. And I couldn't anymore. So I called up Colt and I said, hey, what's going on with this? Yeah, we changed this dimension and everything else because while it was a rare problem, it did happen. But now that malfunction cannot happen. And I said, cool. I said, you got anything in 308? He goes, yeah, I can 901. So send me one. So I've had that gun ever since. And I shoot it, you know, pretty often. But, um, I, I, I you know, that's a good one. You know, and, you know, some of the other ones out there, Gap AR-10 had it series. You know, Gap is were, really you know. good in accuracy mm-hmm. wise. The best I've ever shot yeah. uh, AR-10 was a Gap. Oh yeah, I, I, me too, me too. And I, I mean, I've had, I've had agencies come through here, and that's what they're shooting. You know, they're they're Gap AR-10, and then you know, you also have, you know, JP. You know, JP builds. Yeah, JP's my go-to right now with Seekins and JP, but JP is the ones I'm running right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, and they're really good. And you know, JP's been down here before. And if, if you ever get, and he was here in the area you were here. He came down for a match one time, and you know, set up a little bit. Man, what a genius! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually shot a competition dynamics. I was Adam Burt from JP's uh, secondary gunner. I shot the gas gun, mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. shot the bolt gun at a CD match. Um, so yeah, I've shot with JP. And then when we do our class in Minnesota, which I'll be in Minnesota this year. Uh, mm-hmm. When we drop down to go to like Andrews in Ohio, we stop yeah. at JP and usually have lunch with him. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. What yeah. a great guy. Super, super guy. So yeah, I think that that kind of that kind of handled that one, man. It's just it's just uh, I oh also on the on the optics and on my my choice for that it'd probably be uh, the three to eighteen range. I wouldn't go with the five to twenty five. Yeah, the, three know, to e- either like. Three to twelve, three to eighteen. Three to eighteen is yeah. a nice range. Like I got the Zeiss three to eighteen. I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so, but and then I even have the Vortex three to eighteen. So I run a bunch of three to eighteens. Um, yep. And there's some really nice ones right now. And then even like the um, 
small and compact wise, the night force four to 16, they have some variations on that, that are excellent. And, and really with the NX eight series, you can get a pretty big scope mag range. That's small and light. Like the four Mm -hmm. to 32 is tiny. And, um, you know, some of them, I don't think I would do the one to eight, one to 10, Nah, nah, no way. Nah, uh, I would do the three, the to, 18 three to eighteen in that yep. zone for sure. Yeah, and there's there's so many good options out there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's a good question because you would think you would jump to bolt gun. Like if I can right. only have one precision rifle, it's my you know your AI, the Holy Grail. It's like boom, yep. I got an AI and I'm done. Ends the conversation. Yep. But then if you're like one gun to do it all and you want to do yep. it well, it's like ah. And it's weird yeah, how uh, we go back to that 308, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just like that. You can always find 308 ammo, you know, and it's uh, it is it's a known quantity. I haven't shot 308 in a long, long time. And I, I know the military's it. got like that 129 or something they were playing with at one point. Some guy tried to trip mm-hmm. me up at shot one year at your booth. You know, what about mm-hmm. the 129? It's like, okay, dude, whatever. And But I almost <laughs> wish they would do like, a long pointy like 150 or mm-hmm. something like 145 that was like like a 65 bullet shape yeah and and yeah. something that was a little bit more than the short fatties but i guess because of the diameter they can't get the length without going heavier but it would be nice to have yeah. one well, those one bullets had some 30 cal bullets a long time ago that uh, a company they were making them, they didn't make it because they were what they were making. They were too damn expensive, especially at that time. But at any rate, it, it was a 250 grain bill. It was made to come out of a 300 Win Mag, obviously. And that thing was, you know, the, the metals that they were using were extremely heavy. So it was well, a little bitty bullet. Like, remember the bullet. um the Lapua 170, the HPSs yeah. I used to shoot? But those yeah. were staked yeah. primers, but it was a 170 that went 2,800 yeah. feet per second. Yeah, that was the HPS hyper yeah. hyper performance sniper round. Yeah, like that. that was the best 308 round. But it was I have I think I have two cases here squirreled yeah. away. Um, well, when I went to that competition in Finland, um, we were the only American team going. Me and James Anthony, and so uh, Lapua called and they said, "Well, we're sending out practice ammo, and don't worry about bringing ammo on the plane because we're going to keep the same lots." And so I was shooting 338 Lapua, and he was shooting 308, and that was the rounds that he used, and so. And yeah. we didn't have any, we didn't have, there were no targets less than 800. So it was kind of cool. You know, mm-hmm, they, they mm-hmm. what they were going to do and everything else. So yeah, that, that, that 170 HPS was a, a little blister. You know what I mean? I think it really rock. Yeah. So I, anyway, I just think they could have like, well, it's like guys are chasing that um 25 cal right now, which I yeah. think there's some merit in it. It's just the bullet choices are so light, you know, they're either that blackjack yeah. or the one other, but when you see like, I like how they're creating the bullet to match that need. And I wish they right. kind of did that a little bit more. Because, like, think about the guys that are always crowing about the uh, 708 and want to shoot mm-hmm. a 708. Well, if they made them sort of a target bullet for that, well, then you'd yeah. have a ton of people shooting 708, but they didn't make a target bullet. And it would be like, man, make a right. target bullet. Yeah. Yeah, I got a buddy or a neighbor over here. I've been I've- – known him since before i even started shooting him he his his whole family they're just really hot on that 708 but they're hunters you know what i mean yes. they, got, they got good hunting bullets so it, it works out really good with that that cartridge it's a nice nice no cartridge. people love it it's just they can't yep. they want to jump to it for competition they just know there's no target equivalent for it and right. and they go oh well you know we can't but no anyway um what do you got going on uh new hampshire yeah man uh we have opened up that facility you can uh, check out the classes they're on the regular rifles only website you, you know register through here and everything else but it's up at new hampshire hampshire at a place called alderbrook and we've done a few classes up there already um and so it's um it, frank it's a rifles only franchise you know what i mean mm-hmm. we, uh, we 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 handle all of that the the range up there runs itself and so the staff that we have up there is really really good i trust them they've been with me for a long 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 time and uh, they're really want to do well with this. And uh, first out of the box, everything is looking super, super good up there. We've we've done some classes, um, even even done some law enforcement classes already, which is you know rifles only thing. So yeah, 
<clears throat> that's working out. That, I mean, and, and you're in the right timing to me for a franchise. You know, you're on the backside of the curve. Everything's looking good. You, you got a long established history. And so now it's like time to block it out and then kind of sit back and just manage the fucking chessboard a little bit and not, you know, and, and not necessarily uh, get on the airplanes and, and go go play it. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing about it is, you know, I, teaching classes, I, I mean, I, I'll die doing that. I love it. You know, it's not like work for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. Me, I get it. To me, it's fun. And then, you know, we go up to Colorado, and the, the, the good part about going to Colorado, we go in June every year, is, one, we're out of the South Texas heat to begin with. You know what I mean? The people oh, really we're good. not that much better. <laughs> well, two years ago, y'all's June really sucked, but this this past one, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> but, you know, I get to hang out with you for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. a day or so, and then it, it's we're, we'll keep going with that. And then, you know, we have some other stuff, too, that you know, we, we're not really ready to uh, – to announce just yet, uh, but we're we're looking we're looking in the Branson, Missouri area as well. So it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like coming when up. you set uh, up the franchise. Are you like loading them with your 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 model for? So here's our presentation. Here's uh, you know what we think you should be doing in the class. I mean, I know it's your class. It's well, not yeah, in bracket science, yeah. but are, yeah. are you loading no, those people up so that you know they can start? Because there might be a guy out there with a piece of property who wants a franchise. <laughs> no, I mean, <clears throat> no. The, the guy who's running it up there, he has been uh, he's been taking classes as well as helping me teach classes for about eight years. Yeah, there and you so go. Uh, well, no, we're longer than that. So you know, the, it's it's all my notes. It's it's all my lecture, and it's not like I'm trying to brag on that. It's just that after we've done it for so long, we know what works and what doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and we get and, that all the time too. It's like it's yeah. it's like, oh, your program and can we have it? It's like, well, not really. None of it's proprietary, but how I do it. Yeah, exactly. And it, and I think it has more to do with, you know, looking at a student. If I'm in here in the classroom and I look at a student and I put out a concept, you know, what I'm doing is I'm looking for those micro expressions on their face, Frank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To say, did that go in or did that bounce off? And if that bounced off then I need to go and I need to use different words to say the same thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have to do that because everybody grows up different in a different culture. I mean, you grew up on the, I, on the Northeast and I'm down here in South Texas. It's you weird. I, I'm running mm-hmm. into that with the gun number again. Like we cleaned mm-hmm. up and modified the win gun number stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it's the last like two classes. I'm back to glazed eyes with it. So I'm almost going to revamp it again. Like I had Ted Hogar's stuff which spells it out really well and I'm getting glazed eyes again. And I'm like, why? And, it, and it's yeah. just the terminology changed with a group and they just don't understand the gun number. So I was doing the same thing the other day going, why is this confusing people now when last year it didn't? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is too, though, is the gun number, the whole thing on the gun number is, you know, you can, you can skin that cat in a lot of different ways and the gun number is an ingenious way to do it. You know what I mean? But some people don't think that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they think just a little bit different. It's not right or wrong. And it's not better or worse. It's just a little bit different. This is a this is something that came out and it, it's it's real simple and everything else. And you know I have been doing this for a long time before I ever heard, even heard what gun number was. You know what I mean? Because it's a relatively new way to explain you know old concepts. And so that that's why I think that the longevity of us is because we've, we've solved this problem in a lot of different ways for a lot of different years. You know what I mean? And it, so yeah, and, and talk to people in a different way. You know what's a problem we solve that way that I noticed has disappeared again? And it's you talk about a gun numbers. We had the gun number for basically movers, and you don't hear mm-hmm. anybody talking about the, you know, half mil for one mile an hour anymore. It's like that was pretty mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. You know, it, it you can get anybody out there and say 0.6 for a one mile an hour mover. You got a two mile an hour mover, which is a majority. You're that 1.2 lead. That's normally going to get you a hit in most yeah. places. But most people aren't talking like that. And we had put that number there really early on yep. and solve that mover problem with that. And now they're all back to playing different strategies again. I mean, hell, you could just go count one second and how far is it go shoot it then. If you don't want to do that, you know, yeah. it's weird. Well, you know, the thing, it, it, it's one of those things too, you know, you have that, that rule of thumb there. And then but the problem is you have to know, you have to know how fast the target's going. Okay. So when, and it's like the, whenever we do the, it's come mover day at rifles only, as you know, I mean, we go out and we shoot movers until people get it. 
And the reason is, is because out in the field, you know, if you have a moving target that you have to hit, I don't want that nose to go straight into a calculator. You know what I mean? I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to look at it and say, I know about this because I know about the time of flight of my bullet, not even consciously knowing that, but just, you know, it, I mean, we're constantly saying, see the result of your shot whenever you're shooting static targets, because through no extra effort on your own at all, your subconscious brain learns about time of flight. Same way if you and I go outside and throw football or hockey, mm -hmm. puck, you know what I mean? I'm going to pass you the hockey puck and you're moving laterally. I'm not going to put the hockey puck where you are. I'm going to put the hockey puck where you're going to be. Yeah. And I know that based on playing hockey for a long time. And I can see how fast you're going. I can judge how far it is. And so I know exactly how much force to put into whenever I hit the hockey puck. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, that's why we're so yeah. good at those types of sports. Yep, exactly. We are the, <laughs> we, we are the cat with the laser light. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the thing on the mover, you know, and, and like the, the moving target formulas, I don't even teach them. I was like, you want to go get it off the internet. I don't really care about that. What I want to do is I want you to be able to practically hit a target that you just walked up on and that target happens to be moving. And it's paid off for me. I mean, over the years in my hunting, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't miss movers anymore, but you know, over 20 years ago, I got my first mover and I spent a month shooting it. You know, I think I went through a couple of 308 barrels doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, and, and that's just it, it, is, it, it, it works. is you want that simplicity uh, with people. But then, like you said, everybody wants, well, what's the formula? Well, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. 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 I don't know. And it's like, the, and it, well, because you always get them, you, you can always get them with the formula and pull out Jacob Godforson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, sure, it's like, sure. oh, yeah. the formula is here. But then let me bring Jacob Godforson over. Let me let him shoot the mover. <laughs> it ain't going to work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Jacob, sure. why can't you use the formula? I am. <laughs> You're a mill oh, behind. <laughs> yeah. Lisa's a, Lisa's a one, two. Jacob's a fucking two, two on the same thing. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's the thing. The formulas take out that, you know, that human interaction. So I always say, you know, that, you know, wind reading, you know, people judging the speed of wind and stuff like that. So the best way to use your test roll is whenever you pull up to the grocery store and you get out and say, I think the wind is this and then test it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what you do is you train your own person to figure out how to do that. And you notice that, you know, whenever, I mean, think about the last match you went to, you know, you got a stage that's, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, 300 yards, you know, and it's just like, out come the Kestrels. And it's kind of like, man, this is not the right time to be using the Kestrels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't hit a 300-yard target, though. I don't know what it is. I have a mental block. Mine, my, mine's 200. I, mine is a 200. I don't know is what it, it is. You know, I, yeah, well, you know this because I don't even have a 200-yard range at rifles only. Got every other range possible. <laughs> out the, out the <laughs> we 1, can make 200. But I, but <laughs> I know. I mean, I've gone back and used my, my laser, but I don't have a mark for a 200-yard. I don't like 200. I can't stand shooting 200. Now, I'll shoot at hunting. I don't mind. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I just don't like doing it. No, we have the, <laughs> I tell all the time, we have the local match, the um, Pawnee match, and I'll go shoot mm -hmm. it. And... On section three, something, yada, 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 there's like, I think it's like 314 or something, which is probably why yeah. I miss it. But any, I've never hit it, and I've even gone admin. Like, fuck this fucking target. I'm fucking shooting it. Well, as the guys are walking away, I said, we ain't leaving yet. I'm shooting that damn thing, and I miss it. And it'd be like, what the fuck? I can't hit it. <laughs> yeah, they all give laugh. Me, give me, give me a moving target at 600 and a 30 mile an hour win, and you'll pop it every time. Yeah, well, and, and, and in the same match, with the Valkyrie, I hit the 1450, and I got to go to the guy. I got to go to the RO because they can't see anything. I go, right. okay, first shot, I'm going to hold off the left side of the plate. You're going to see the splash about six inches to the left. And the guy goes, okay, and then I shoot and splash in the dirt. And then I go, okay, the next one is going to be on the plate. And then I roll over to the plate so the kid knows that I hit where I said I was going to. And then when he sees absolutely nothing... He knows I yeah. hit it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's a little bullet, man. I think it's, I yeah, I'm, I'm, it. yeah, the, the little friggin' eighty-five grain bullet at fourteen fifty, and and I'll do yeah. good at fourteen fifty, but then I'll miss the three hundred. <laughs> you got a mental block, bro. I do, I do. It's got a that's force field around it with my name on it. Try meditation with Jack Daniels. It's helped. Yeah, well, not you can't do Jack Daniels no more. They went woke. No way, they did. Yeah, they're doing drag. Or glam camp or something, drag glam. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yes, they're going. They're doing a camp at the distillery, dude. You have an opportunity to be like the cowboy, you know, um, 
alcohol people and just be like good old fashioned cowboy dudes drinking alcohol on the side of a fire and you're going to win. Yeah. 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 I, that's that. I didn't know JD went woke. Yeah. They went this week. They went woke this week. So with the Bud Light, so the Bud Light can, and yeah. now Jack Daniels yeah. didn't want to be outdone by Bud Light. So they upped the, when this shit happens, you need to send me a text. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you know, I live under a rock. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of do a little bit, but I at least watch the internet because I have to live in yeah. that world. And they're all over me, so I'm kind constantly watching when they're changing rules now, so I have to pay attention. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm and with fucking you. guys are live on my site. Yeah, I hear you. Cool, well, what else again, you got? We, man, that's about it, Frank. I just wanted to I wanted to you know have you back on and talk to you about the you know, the, the great success that we had with the, the sponsor side of the house. I know that you're interested in that. And, you know, we, you and I did, you know, I don't know, dozens and dozens of matches together. And, you know, that, you know, getting sponsors is always, you know, something you'd hate to call up somebody and say, hey, can you give me something for free so I can give it to somebody else? Yeah, you know, yeah. And then, uh, you know, but then the, the way that the sponsor stepped up, it was it was just, it was literally incredible. And I know that you and I hadn't really had a chance to talk about the match, but, oh, we did do one event I want to tell you about. Uh, it, was, it was fucking cool, man. Lisa came up with it. And it was, uh, it's off the tower. And it's, it was called for a good time. And it was multiple targets at multiple distance. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. And so for the o, <laughs> we did we did a thousand. So the for the for the O it was a thousand and then back to nine. So eight, six, seven, five, three, oh nine. And it was uh it was two shots per. If you hit it on the first on the first round, you got two points. If you hit it on your second round, you got one point. But either way you're moving to the next number. Yeah. And yeah. so uh the, the, it was like we were we were uh I was you know tested out and everything awesome. else. And I said, you know what? This is this is where we go back to the old school arm boards. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know what, too? I mean, the next time you do it, do O and do it off the tower. Do the drop-down shot. So go oh, yeah, 8, 6, 7, 5, 3, O, and then they got to shoot the 21-footer and then yeah. go do the other one. Probably would, but we're going to do it in the club. Well, because it it's I, your 700-yard dope, so they should be able to get away with their 700-yard dope on it, right? It, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, so if they're doing eight, that. eight, six, seven, five, and then three, oh, just put your seven back on, and you'd probably be pretty close. Probably would. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so I'll you're still within one. the same range of adjustment. You would just flip them the fuck out by going yeah. right down below, and they wouldn't know they're using their seven hundred yard dope for the people that aren't paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> well, we did. Uh, we had we had one person in there who. It's a possible 14 points. He got 13 points because one, he had to he had to hit it with the second round. So I thought that was that was pretty good. And wins were sporty as usual. Like yeah, yeah, that's funny. Good. I like that stage. Tell Lisa, good job. Yeah, man. She she came up with it, and I thought, you know what, dude, this is to try this out and everything else. And, and you know what? I always have a lot of fun. I have I always have a hard time with those remembering fucking stages. But if it's the mm-hmm. song, I can remember the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but exactly. I always have a hard time with like, you know, got to shoot the like when they want you to do the this one, then this one, and then this one, then this one. It's like, what the fuck order am I supposed to shoot this in? This is stupid. <laughs> you know, why am yeah. I shooting it in yeah. some random order? Let me just shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you know. You're 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 using up a lot. I mean, using up the whole range out there, man. Yeah, like, yeah. This is so much fun. You know, when we were. We were testing it, and I, I, I had some some of the range officers test it, you know, out and stuff like that. And they were like, you know, I don't know how well people are going to do on this, but I tell you what, this is fun as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because you can't help but get the song in your head, you know what I mean, and then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you'd be walking in, dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah, Jenny, Jenny, who can I turn to? Oh, you think so pretty. <laughs> I know, right? I got, I got I got a rig, man. You got to sing when you got a rig like this. I got mics yeah, all in you. front of me. I got the guitar behind me. I don't know that number other uh, song otherwise I'd play it for you. <laughs> I could cool. I can I can all, all I got, man. All righty, man. Me That's, too. <laughs> well, listen, brother. Um, again, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um Yeah, and um happy Easter where are you to going? you. I'm not yeah, going anywhere. Happy Easter to you too. Where are you going? Where I'm not you, going anywhere. Coming up? Uh, I'm going okay. to Texas. I got a Texas class. More ELR. Um, mm-hmm. That's coming up real soon. And then once June comes, I'm into the Alaska and our road yeah. trip. Between June and August, we do the big block with Mark. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. only thing that I have going that somebody can jump in that's not full, the only class not full, 
I think I have two slots available is the Texas sort of ELR combo. It's a little bit of sort of doped and weaponized math with the ELR component because the range is more of an ELR range. Where are uh, you going to be at? Uh, God, Hawks Hill or something. I don't, I got to have to look it up. I don't know the name of the damn ranch I'm going to. It's one of, it's out, cool. it's nowhere near you. It's way on the opposite side. It, it's, yeah. I even think it's past Hill Country and over there. But it's like Double Hawk or something or one of the ELR ranches. Okay. Yeah, but it's not near you guys. It's north and well, how can how, how can like the people who are on my podcast maybe oh sure snipers hide in snipers hide yeah snipers hide in the training section. There is a yeah. um snipers hide courses and the Texas mm-hmm. ELR course is there. But snipers hide website okay. in the training announcements and pinned to the top we have the snipers hide classes. Okay, there you go. Yep, there you go. Yep. So that people can go and look at that. Well, good. Yeah, deal. and um, tell your mom uh, happy Easter too, because I know uh, I will. Yeah, I will, man. I so, appreciate that. I yeah, really do. yeah. You, really you guys do. are the good Catholic family. I'm the lapsed Catholic. <laughs> you, you know, uh, Jesus loves you, Frank. Yeah, I know he does, and I'm good with that. He, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I can apologize right before I'm done. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, listen again. Thanks for taking the time. I, I I'm uh honored uh, to be able to do a simulcast you know your podcast and mine you're, you know, just broke uh, two million downloads for for everyday sniper podcast so yeah, people yeah. that listen to mine and are not familiar with frank's podcast um it covers a wide range of topics and full of wonderful opinions and i tell you if you haven't if you haven't listened to that podcast you're missing out because this, this guy knows what he's doing yeah frank, appreciate thanks it. for being here thanks jacob have a great one you too sir i'm gonna hit non-record and then i'll talk to you a little bit more you got it Okay.